0: The UMass hockey season is right around the corner, and High Character is back. We're going to be talking about what we've been up to this offseason, all of this year's newcomers, and we got a brand new intro song. Let's go. everybody and welcome to episode 28 of high character this is our first one for this new hockey season we got coming up uh you heard that new intro song uh big props to my uncle rick guzzo he put that one together so we're gonna be have that have that rolling for the whole year my name is cameron and i'm here with my good buddy evan for the first time for this season evan how's it going man
1: we are back baby it feels it feels definitely a little different because we're like we're starting up a new season fresh we're not going to be like like the first season that we did at the pod like we were in the middle of the season i think we started it up in like february it was a little awkward like it was just like hey like here's a game that we're going to talk about that just happened to be in the middle of the season but now fresh perspective right from the very beginning
0: you're going to hear our thoughts about the entire season the whole way and i'm super excited to get this thing started Absolutely. We are so pumped to get this out for you guys for the full season. We are rocking our new high character hats right now. Uh, I got those fresh this off season and we're recording with the new laptop that so many of you helped us get by donations a couple months ago. We really, really appreciate that so much. Um, we're just very happy that we we're able to, to get this and definitely going to improve our content going forward. this season should be very exciting.
1: Yeah, no, the laptop is huge. Again, thank you so much to everybody. Like, knowing that we'll be able to kind of record whenever we can, like at this point, rather than just like, we have to work around the schedule of Cameron's gracious girlfriend. (laughs) So she's been super, you know, gracious to let us use our laptop in the interim. But now that we can have, you know, a pretty, pretty standard schedule for recording these, we're not gonna be doing them at one in the morning, where, you know, we actually will have some time to get some really solid content out for you guys. So. Thank you so much again, and it's going to be really good for the podcast moving forward.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we thought we'd just go through a little bit what we've been up to this offseason so far. It's been, it's been quite a while since we last recorded back in March um, after UMass was eliminated from the regional semifinal game. Um, yeah, Evan, what, do you, what have you been up to? Um, Well, I don't know if you guys just heard that,
1: but crazy, crazy <laughs> clap of thunder outside right now. We're recording this during a thunderstorm. Crazy stuff, but um, yeah, no, I mean, just basically been working. Um, I've kind of gone off on a little bit of a health kick. If You guys follow me on Twitter. I probably gave you guys an update about that. I've lost like thirty five pounds so far. It's pretty nuts. Um, kind of feels weird just even saying that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of been my main goal moving forward. You know, for the time being, but obviously, just keeping into in touch with all the UMass Twitter stuff that's been going on. I know it's an extremely exciting time. To be a UMass athletics fan just with football basketball hockey all that stuff just on the rise or has already basically risen in the in the form of UMass hockey like we're already you know doing so well in that regard but um yeah that's basically been it just a lot of athletics you know both personally and I guess um professionally just like in the world
0: of podcasting and stuff like that yeah awesome stuff I've uh I've been a little bit out of the loop compared to you with the UMass athletic and hockey stuff. I uh, I was always big into baseball during the summer. And uh, I've actually started a, some of you might know about this TikTok account. It's called at the ballpark. Um, It's really taken off for me. And it's afforded me to go to a lot of baseball games, a lot of different stadiums in different cities, which has been really cool. So I've been traveling a lot. Uh, Evan's come with me to a few. We went to Milwaukee back in May. We went to Baltimore and Philadelphia for a little road trip around my birthday, went to Yankee Stadium for a Yankee Sox game, uh, and then I've done a a couple trips by myself. So I've had an action-packed hockey offseason so far, but I'm definitely excited to get back into the the UMass hockey swing of things. Should be exciting. All right, so I guess without further ado, we'll jump into this season's newcomers. We have a lot of them this year. Uh, Might be the biggest turnover in the coach. Carvel era.
1: I think it very well could be, um, should we, should we give an actual number right now? I didn't actually count it up beforehand. One, two, three, four, five. We got 12 new people coming in.
0: Is Almost that, is that including staff? No, <sighs> yeah. not including staff. We'll go over staff too. We're just going to yeah. with the players. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, mass hockey put out these really cool graphics over the off season of uh, like rookie cards for the players. Um, we're kind of using that for some of the bio and then Evan did a little deeper, deep dive on, on some of the players. So we're just going to go one by one. We'll give you a little bio on the guys. Um, Evan will give his insight. And then we actually have a, a quote from coach Carvel for each player. So we'll share that and talk about that a little bit, spend a couple minutes on each player and, and go down the list. We know it's a lot. So, uh, yeah. So the, the first one we got is Mikey Adamson. He's a D man from Quincy, Massachusetts, which funny enough where I'm living right now. Uh, he previously played with the CU city musketeers in the U S H L. And last season he had 29 games with one goal and 12 assists.
1: Yeah. So, um, no offense at all, but this might've been like the worst way we could have started because I didn't find any really like highlight videos or anything to go off of. Um, I was trying to do like a lot of just like deep diving from like stats and stuff like that. And just trying to find videos of how he plays. Um, just seems like a really solid two-way guy. Um, really just kind of efficient on both ends of the ice like doesn't really tend to make a lot of mistakes he just tries to play as clean as humanly possible um I guess like the the defining trait of him that I could notice from this season was that um he was an assistant captain on a USA trail team so that shows a bit of leadership obviously character that we're always looking for in the program so yeah you should you should be a very very nice addition to the team
0: yeah for sure uh the coach the quote that coach Carvel had was Mikey is a mobile puck moving defenseman with an offensive flair to his game. He plays the game with tempo and plays with an edge. He comes to UMass after two solid seasons with CU city in the USHL serving as a captain this past season on the team that won the league championship. Mikey is a Massachusetts kid, and we are excited to start bringing more in-state players to our program.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely the key too, is that we really haven't had a lot of Massachusetts guys in the, you know, on the team. And I mean, even if, they don't have to be, you know, the flashiest guys out there, but just, you know, getting guys on the team that are from the area is just always a big boost to recruiting. Um, just kind of gets our name out there even just a little bit more. Obviously, a national championship will do that, but mm-hmm. obviously in recruiting, it will help a little bit as well just to get guys from the area. So I think he accomplishes a lot of goals for what we're trying to get in terms of the types of players we want in our program. So I think he's a great addition.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we'll see more Massachusetts players as we go down this list. The next guy we want to talk about is named Michael Cameron. He's a forward He's from Berwyn, Pennsylvania. And last year he was with the Omaha Lancers of the USHL in 54 games. He scored 18 goals and 18 assists.
1: All right. So first off we get a guy from Quincy and then we got a guy with the last name Cameron. I think we're just going (laughs) to run through the whole team and just start getting your whole biography on this team. This is unbelievable, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I mean an even number of goals and assists for him. Um, Again, I couldn't really find a lot in the way of highlights for him. Um, I think that's just kind of the way the USHL seemed to operate, at least from what I was looking at. They didn't really have a whole lot of uh, highlight videos and just a lot of games to look at. Um, that's probably also because I'm, in, I'm basically an amateur scout at this point. Like, I'm not really, like, doing anything. I don't have crazy subscriptions to anything. So I'm obviously not that, that in tune with, you know, how to get these sorts of things. But um, I was reading up on just, like, a couple news stories about him. Apparently he has diabetes. He got, he got um, diagnosed with that at a younger age. So he, I think he actually plays with an insulin pump on him, which for me, I think that's, that's, you know, very admirable. You know what I mean? Just like knowing that, you know, he has that sort of condition, but he's still able to play and keep up just with everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. That's really admirable. And I think again, you know, I, he kind of seems to be another two way type of guy. I think that's going to be a thing that we notice with a lot of these players is that they're just, Like they're really trying to, we're trying to build an identity of just being really tough to play against. And I think, you know, getting, getting grit and getting, you know, work rate and work ethic is just huge. And those are the types of players that we're going after. And I think that's just another example of why we got Michael Cameron.
0: Yeah. And I think that's awesome uh, that it's known playing him playing with diabetes. I think that helps kids coming up that know that if they, they have that, then they're able to play just like everybody else. It's not, not a roadblock there. Coach that we uh the quote that we have from Coach Carvel Michael comes to UMass after three seasons with the Omaha Lancers of the USHL. Michael is a well-rounded player that can help you win games by providing offense or strong defense. He's a reliable and responsible player who has good speed and competes hard. Michael fits our identity very well, both on and off the ice, as he is an elite student as well. His high he's a high character young man is another great addition to our culture. We love that term high character and.
1: And when it's coming from the man himself, Coach Carvel, it, it can't be any sort of higher praise. Like, that, that's just – that's exactly
0: what you want to hear when you're being described. So, it's another, another great thing to add to our team. Absolutely. The next guy that we want to talk about is Kenny Connors. He's a forward from Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, previously played for the Dubuque Fighting Saints of the USHL, and in 61 games last year, he scored 25 goals and 31 assists.
1: Yeah, so Kenny Connors – um, When I was trying to do my research on him, um, it turns out that... Well, so I saw a news report by a a Los Angeles Kings like beat writer, basically, um, because he was drafted by the Kings, um, fourth round, uh, 103rd overall, to be exact, if we're keeping score at home. Um, And the the guy whose kind of stuff I was reading was saying that it was kind of an off-the-board pick. Um, I think he was the earliest pick out of everybody from this class, Um, and... I don't know people were saying he was most likely going to go like seventh round, maybe sixth round. So it does seem, I don't know if that's like a reach again. I haven't seen him play enough to know exactly what he brings to the table, but I mean, he's a pretty big kid. Um, he clearly has a scoring touch. He was, I think just less than a point per game Mm -hmm. in the USHL. Um, and from what I was reading, his, his back checking is super good. Um, just extremely good skater. Um, Apparently he's not he's not as great at face-offs as as people would like him to be. Um, so from what I was reading, it seems like a case of him maybe wanting to transition over to wing. Um, I have no idea how he's going to be deployed at UMass. I guess we're going to wait and see. But um, he definitely seems like a like a project type player that's going to be really big for us later on. Um, like once everything kind of just comes together, because apparently he has a lot of um, you know really solid. Um, attributes to his game and it's just a matter of kind of putting it all together but I think from what I was reading one of his big concerns was passing um it Mm. seems like he tends to misplace passes quite a bit but he has a pretty solid shot on him and again his his two-way game is extremely enticing so Mm. again we'll we'll see how it develops
0: yeah I I think everything that you said is kind of backed up by the quote from coach Carvel He said, Kenny is a power forward who had an impressive year for Dubuque in the USHL this past season. Kenny is strong on his feet and has good size to go along with the ability to make plays and put the puck in the net. Kenny should grow into being a force to deal with for other teams over his time at UMass. He has the potential to move on to the pro level, and we are excited to welcome him to our program. So, yeah, there Mm -hmm. you have it. That's pretty much everything about about Kenny Connors. Uh, Next guy up, Noah Ellis. He's a D-man from Irvingdale, Iowa, previously played for the Muskegon Lumberjacks of the USHL and in 59 games he had 8 goals and 25 assists.
1: Yeah, so I can actually finally provide a little bit of insight on a player as I've seen some game film from him. Woohoo, let's get some cheers going from everybody that's watching at home. Um this he he looks very good. He's been very hyped up from when he originally committed to us. Um he's a he's a draft pick I think out of Vegas. I think Ooh. it was sixth round. Yep. I wanna, yeah. Sixth round um, in 2020. Yeah. So he's been pretty hyped up. I'm assuming that's why he has a bit of game film on him. Is just because he's been drafted. Um, the first player comp I can think of, and I'm trying to kind of keep this in terms of UMass players. So everybody can kind of follow along. I, I see Scott Morrow and him a little bit. Um, mm, I think high praise. from, yeah, very extremely high praise. And I don't mean that necessarily in, I mean, I do mean it in skill set, but just some of the specific highlights that I saw were just very reminiscent of plays that I would see Moro make. Um, he would get the puck up along, along the point and he would use his skating ability to try and make space immediately. Like he, he likes to try and glide in towards the net as much as humanly possible because he knows that he's very shifty and he has really good puck skills. Um, so I just think he, he really does try and be a playmaker as much as humanly possible. Um, and it worked out great. Like, from some of the, 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 the highlights that I saw of him, killer shot. Like, he was picking corners like nobody's business, you know. And, you know, the USHL, it seems like if you're a really, really good player, you can kind of take over a game on your own. And he was definitely showing that sort of ability when he was playing. He could take the puck in off the rush, glide inside, and then nip it in the corner off the post. And the the goalie's sitting there looking in the back of the net, like, where the hell did that puck go? How did that get by me? And it was such a nice shot. He didn't even see it coming. So he's extremely dangerous. um, Killer shot, extremely quick release on him. Um, His one tees, I wouldn't call them Kessel bombs. I wouldn't (laughs) call them UFCO piss missiles. But we're probably going to get to a point where we're going to have a phrase for it. Because I could definitely (laughs) see it happening in the near future. He just, his shot was extremely good and it doesn't take away from his defensive prowess as well. He was extremely solid in his own zone, but I do think he's definitely a a force on offense and I can't wait to see how he develops.
0: Yeah. and, And your praise was echoed by coach Carvel. He said, Noah is a draft pick of the Las Vegas golden Knights and has played the last three seasons in the USHL. Noah has great size and mobility and an uncanny ability to score from the blue line. He will help fill one of the holes left on our blue line from last season. Noah is a smooth-skating, heads-up player with the puck and should add to our list of very good offensive defensemen to come through our program.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, as an offensive defenseman, um, that's obviously something that Coach Carvel likes to have on the team. And we see that in guys like Zach Jones, like Mark Geizo Maybe, you know, this guy might not be as good as the rest of them, but Kale McCarr, he, he tends to be a pretty good offensive defenseman. But, yeah, no, I can just see him adding on to the list of, of other guys that can just – completely dominate on the offensive end from from the blue line
0: Mm, yes so Noah Ellis definitely somebody to keep your eyes on as we start this season next player we want to talk about is Tyson Dick he's a forward from Abbotsford British Columbia he previously played with the Cran Cranbrook Bucks of the BCHL and in 54 games he had 34 goals and 41 assists yeah so
1: another kid that I managed to find some highlights on um in they were the best highlights that I've seen out of everybody that I, that I looked at here. He, one of the highlights was probably one of the most nutty hockey plays I'd ever seen in my life. He was making people look silly. Now to, to temper everybody's expectations. I don't know if this is because the BCHL is kind of like a, a lower tier league in some people's eyes. I don't really know how well it compares to the USHL, but I think in general, it's probably a lesser kind of res- I don't want to say respected, but the, the quality of hockey doesn't translate as well. So to to keep that in mind, but the, the play that I saw, he had the puck behind the net, and to be completely honest, he was just gliding through everybody. Nobody was even remotely close to his skating speed and his ability to stay balanced on the puck. It was unbelievable. He skates behind the net, attempts a Michigan goal, like a wraparound Michigan move, somehow managed, like I think he hit the side of the net, but just the creativity to even try that was unreal. Picks the puck back up, wheels towards the middle, towards the slot again, glides through about three or four people with the puck goes (laughs) now this is all in the same place within a five second time span he has the puck on his backhand basically getting ready to shoot in the top corner instead dishes it over to a wide open guy on the back post and that guy just taps the puck in with literally no effort whatsoever Hmm. like they 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 give the goal to the guy that eventually taps it in that's complete bs i could have tapped that in and i've never played a game of organized hockey in my life (laughs) like the guy like it was just such an unbelievable play and he was just making everybody look silly as a rookie. Mind you, this this was his first season in the league. You know, he, I think he was only 17 at that point. Um, mm. I think he ended up finishing like maybe second or third in the league and scoring as a rookie. Like that's, that's unbelievable. So I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get too many, too many jokes in here, but big fan of Dick. I think he's done very well so far. I think he can develop into a peach of a player, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know what I mean? I think we want to take his stats and everything with a grain of salt, but I definitely think we have somebody here that can, that can do a lot of damage because regardless of the people around him, he still looks like a damn hockey player regardless. And that's why he's here. Mm. You know, there's, there's no other way to kind of frame that. So
0: yeah, we'll see. And uh, Evan has talked about getting a Dick Jersey for reasons. I, I don't know why, but he has talked about it. Um, the quote from Coach Carvel: Tyson comes to UMass from the Cranbrook Bucks of the BCHL, where he is one of the top scorers in the league as just a rookie. Tyson has excellent offensive abilities. He is a very creative offensive player who is a difference maker in games and has the potential to play at the next level. He also is an, also an elite student and an impressive young man. Tyson will make our program stronger in every way. We are very excited to add him to next year's team. So some high praise there again from Coach Carvel. 100 percent all right next player on our list owen murray he is a d-man from decker manitoba he previously played for the green bay gamblers of the ushl and in 62 games he had six goals and 16 assists from the blue line
1: so umass has had a pretty good history with players with the nest with the last game murray <laughs> um <laughs> definitely uh we we have a solid player in owen murray here um when I looked at some highlights from him, the the number one thing that kind of stuck or, or stuck out to me was his his skating ability. It was just uncanny the way he was able to move with the puck. Like he he could basically take the puck in on the rush and just make plays all by himself. Um, and the other thing was just he was extremely comfortable with having the puck on his stick. Um, I would say if there's anybody I could compare him to right now, I'm thinking. I don't want to make two comparisons to Scott Morrow because he's such a good player, but like having that sort of ability to be comfortable on the puck is something that I've seen out of Morrow, but also out of Zach Jones. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see Owen Murray being like the, the quarterback of a power play, if you will. You know, the guy that sits right at the top of the right at the top of the blue line, just right there, like at the apex, basically like being the guy to spray out passes to the wings and everything. He could be that guy that cycles the puck and it like just kind of, you know, he'll take the puck, dish it over to the wing and then have a guy one time it in. He just has extremely good passing ability and extremely good vision. And I saw that on a lot of his plays. Um, I just, I think he could be a really, really solid puck moving defenseman for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Carvel backed up what you were saying. He says, Owen comes to UMass after two seasons with Green Bay in the USHL, a skilled offensive defenseman that plays with passion. Owen has great mobility and speed and therefore is often involved in the game up ice. Owen anticipates the game at a high level and has a high ceiling as a player, another mobile offensive-minded defenseman to add to our group. And yeah, it just ha- adds to the to the members of this class that are offensive defensemen and seems like a theme throughout uh, coach Carvel's tenure at UMass having a lot of offensive-minded D men.
1: And I mean it's been working out cuz it fits the way that we play. Like obviously when you're trying to recruit and you know get a you you want to build two things when you're a coach. There's obviously the culture which is what we've been doing so well. But I feel like some things that people don't talk about is just your identity as a team. Like that obviously plays into the culture, but it's obviously like your your systems, the way that you play, the tight, you know, the will that you want to impose on your enemy. Like there's, there's definitely, there's multiple ways to win the game. And I think our way to win is via possession. And if you have mobile offensive-minded defensemen, when you couple that with, guys that we've had in the past at like Josh Lapina, that can win face-offs the other team's not going to score if they don't have the puck if you have the puck you control everything you're not playing into their hands you're playing into your own hands and that's what I've noticed a lot with the ways that we play we like to have the puck in the offensive zone we don't tend to play as much on the rush but a lot of the guys that we have added do offer that ability to make plays off the rush as well which I think is going to open up our game a little bit more but we're clearly getting guys into our, into our program that are meant to fit the
0: identity of puck possession and being able to move it at all opportunities. Yeah. You make a good point. It's a, it's a stark contrast from a lot of the high end teams that we've seen, like, like a Michigan where they have a lot of NHL talent. Um, They, they really play for that big pass, the up ice pass transition play. UMass is a lot different, but uh, as we, as we've seen, obviously the last six or so seasons, that can definitely work against that against those type of teams on a national scale. So uh, the next player that we have is Cole O'Hara. He's a forward from Richmond Hill, Ontario, previously played for the Tri-City Storm of the USHL. And in 58 games, he had 25 goals and 48 assists, which is nuts.
1: Yeah, this guy was over point per game. In the USHL, that's pretty damn good, I must say. We have high hopes for him. But to go away from the stats for a a quick moment. I, I feel like we can take a little interlude here. One of my good pals, right. I, I know, him, I know him just from playing games and stuff online. Um, he actually, he's from Richmond Hill and he, he knows this guy's brother and he told me a little anecdote when I told him that, because we kind of, we'll talk about UMass stuff every now and then. And um, I told him that Cole O'Hara committed to our program. He was like, wait a second. And he got back to me like five minutes later, he ended up looking up his elite prospects page. And he's actually really good friends with Cole Har's older brother. And he told me a story that Cole used to be really good at call of duty back in the day. Like a- allegedly, this is what he told me. He said that he could have gone pro if he wanted to. So who knows? Maybe if the whole hockey thing doesn't work out for whatever reason, I hope <laughs> it does. I hope it does. Obviously it would be, it'd be the best possible thing in, in our case. If, if it does work out, but apparently he's completely filthy at call of duty. So Man knows how to shoot regardless. He's going to either score goals or he's going to be getting headshots on the battlefield. But yeah, on a, on a more serious note, he, he has a lot of promise. Like th- this is probably the guy that me personally, I have the highest hope for to be an immediate contributor. Um, obviously if you guys are, you know, if you guys have been paying attention to what's been going on in the program with Garrett Waits' eventual absence, I, I have the feeling that he might be able to slot in on that first line. Like that, that is the type of immediate impact in my eyes that I could see out of Kolohara because he just has that sort of ability just at this very moment, you know, he can be that plug and play guy and he can only get better. You know what I mean? He's, he's already a very polished player at, I think only 18, he might've just turned 19. So he's still a pretty young kid, but he has all the promise in the world and I, I really do think out of, out of everybody coming in, he's probably going to have the most immediate impact, in my opinion, mm-hmm. as a freshman. We could see other things happen with other, you know, the transfers that we'll talk about in a little bit. But I believe as a freshman, he probably has the most starting out firepower to help this team go forward.
0: Yeah, and you, you noted the program uh, going through a lot of changes, obviously, all the departures we had, the, uh, the Garrett weight injury we will have a full episode of a season preview where we'll kind of talk about where we think the the lines will shift up where like what roles certain guys will be in. But for now, we just wanted to focus on the newcomers specifically Uh, for what coach Carvel had to say about Cole O'Hara. He said, Cole comes to UMass after two seasons with the Tri-City storm of the USHL. This past season, he proved himself to be one of the top scoring wingers in that league. Cole has size and can skate, but his best asset is his offensive sense. He can make plays and find the back of the net. We expect Cole to make an immediate impact on our team and has the potential to play at the next level. Cole is also an exceptional student, another great addition to our program. And that offensive mindset is something desperately needed with this program after the departure of Bobby.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, just in general, I feel like we need a lot of guys to step up. And obviously, this is going to be part of the season preview. We're obviously focused on the freshman now, but we need as much – offensive firepower is humanly possible after Bobby's gone. Like that's such a huge departure to the the way that we play, you know, like just everything that he was able to, to, to give to us. The same thing with Lupina, like, I mean, obviously he was injured for quite a bit, but I think still on the season he was roughly a point per game. Like if he wasn't injured, he would have probably had a very similar impact to Bobby. So, I mean, with everybody talking about Bobby the whole time, I think Lupina's departure is just as important. And we're going to need somebody to slot in to not only provide points, but also that face-off ability that I was talking about before that I think fits our identity so well, but we'll, we'll, we'll obviously, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, for sure. We just, we fully expect Kola Har to, to make a big impact on offense this year. Definitely. Next, next guy uh, in our lineup and the last of the eight freshmen that we have been talking about is Kennedy O'Connor. He's a D man from Springfield, Massachusetts. So local guy. Uh, Previously played for the Omaha Lancers of the USHL. And last year in 56 games, he had two goals and four assists. So, yeah, Kennedy O'Connor's dad actually played for UMass, Uh, Tom O'Connor. He played
1: for us back in, like, the mid-90s. And O'Connor seems just more of a stay-at-home guy, defensive-minded defenseman. Um, He went from (laughs) six penalty minutes in the 2020-2021 season to 101 penalty minutes in 2021 2022 season (laughs) i tried to verify this from multiple websites to make sure that it wasn't a typo on elite prospects it's a completely legitimate stat i i think he was the only player out of anybody that i looked up out of the new players that has a like a a a profile on hockeyfights.com because i think he had two fights in the ushl um (laughs) so man could throw hands he's definitely going to be a gritty type of guy and you need that but one of the things that i noticed which cam will probably end up mentioning because it was due to carvel's quote pretty sure he was compared to colin felix in terms of character and just kind of the way he conducts himself and if we know how carvel feels about colin felix guy was basically a second son to him like that's extremely high praise so regardless of you know six points in 56 games doesn't tell the whole story with this kid is you know he i was looking at some of his fights he was throwing hands man is not afraid to get into those dirty areas and do what has to be done to win games so i'm really interested to see what he brings to the table i really hope to see him out on the ice and we'll see what happens with him
0: yeah and uh maybe we'll see him slide into somewhat of a enforcer role in his career given given what you just said uh definitely something that's needed with the some of the chippy hockey east teams that we see every year but uh Yeah, you mentioned the quote from Coach Carvell. He said, Kennedy is another in-state product whose father is a former UMass hockey player. Kennedy has great size and mobility and is hard to play against. He plays with an edge and is a physical D-man who also can contribute with the puck. He played in the USHL for Omaha the past two seasons and is a warrior on the ice doing all the little things it takes to win. Kennedy is cut out of the same cloth as former Minuteman defenseman Colin Felix a high-character kid that helps you win.
1: Yeah, I mean, just hearing that sentence, like, it kind of gives you goosebumps a little bit. Doesn't it just make you all <laughs> warm and fuzzy inside, just really excited to see what yeah. happens? Like, we've seen what happened with, with Colin Felix and just what he kind of brought to the program. And when you see somebody else get compared to him, you're kind of like, holy shit, that's kind of cool, you know? <laughs> like, that that definitely be something that we'd like to have on the team at any, at any given moment. So, definitely excited to see what he brings to the table.
0: Absolutely. So that rounds up our our freshmen, eight total freshmen, and we have four transfers that we want to talk about. First being Cole Brady. He is a goalie from Pickering, Ontario. Last season, he played with Arizona State, just 12 games. He had a 3.89 goals against average and a 900 save percentage. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what the goalie situation is this year. But uh, yeah, it's good to get an, an experienced NCAA goalie.
1: Yeah, I just want to let everybody know. I, I know you guys probably just heard those stats, and you're probably thinking like, ugh, three eight nine. Like, what's what's going on here? That's not that's not a great stat." The key right here is the save percentage. If your goals against average is that high, but you're still rocking a nine hundred save percentage, you're facing a metric crap ton of shots per game for you to keep that save percentage up. This dude was on a as the, as the kids nowadays would say mid mid hockey team. That that team is the definition of mid Arizona State. Is not exactly what you'd call a powerhouse. Um, they play a pretty tough schedule, and they just are are not that amazing of a team. So, especially for such a kind of overall team reflective position, such as goalie, like his stats don't tell the whole story. Um, I think I think Carvel sees a lot in Brady, and I think he really thinks that a change of scenery, I think, would be would be best for him. So maybe he could kind of reinvent himself and kind of find a new, a new spark to kind of go forward as a goalie. But, um, yeah. And just in the same vein, like Pavisic is going to need competition, you know, like he's, he's been kind of the backup goalie behind freaking Matt Murray. You know what I mean? Like Matt Murray was a legend for us. So you really can't discredit either goalie. It's going to be an open battle just as the Lindbergh Murray battle was we're going to rock, you know, a 1A, one B situation most likely. And whoever's a hot hand that night, is going to rock with him, and we're going to see where it goes. So I have full confidence in whatever Carvel decides to do. You know, he's, I trust his judgment 100%, and we're hoping that Cole Brady can kind of find that second gear at UMass and really transform himself into a, a top-tier goalie for a hockey program.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we'll, we'll definitely do a deep dive on the goalie situation in our season preview. Another thing to note: Cole was drafted in 2018, fifth round pick to the New Jersey Devils, which is interesting. So definitely some promise seen there. And for as to what Coach Carvel had to say, he said Cole is a six foot six goaltender, draft pick of the New Jersey New Jersey Devils, and comes to UMass after two seasons at Arizona State. We expect Cole to compete for the starting position, as he has notable potential to go along with great size in the net. We will have good depth in the net once again with the arrival of Cole and his experience.
1: Yeah. Just one of the last things I wanted to mention, or I guess two things. Dude's huge. Six, six. Jesus Christ. That's a big boy right there. But two, and we didn't actually, or at least I didn't mention it. He's a New Jersey draft pick in the fifth round, I believe. Yep. So, I mean, he comes from, you know, a sort of lineage or air of potential, you know, like that's obviously why he was drafted. So people were seeing something in this kid, you know what I mean? It's not like we're just picking him out of nowhere saying, Hey, we hope we hope he figures it out and just, he becomes good out of nowhere. Like, no, the, there's clearly something there that we got to unlock in it. You know what I mean? Like, that's why he was drafted. So I'm super excited to see what happens because healthy competition just makes goalies better. There's just like, we saw that again with Murray and Lindbergh, like they were battling every night for, for the start and you know, we're, we're definitely going to see that again, because I feel like goalies tend to play their best hockey when they're constantly being challenged, because, you know, it just it, it makes sense intuitively. Like if you're just sitting there, you already have your starting job locked up. What incentive do you really have to get better and to keep your job? You know what I mean? If you have that job security, you're not sitting there thinking like, oh, somebody could take my job at any moment. I got to make sure I'm on my toes all the time. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what sort of, you know, what this competition will spark for both goalies, not just, not just Brady.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, hopefully that changes scenery. Makes we'll make something unlock in there. The next transfer is Matt Koopman. He's a forward from Marblehead, Mass, another local Massachusetts guy. And last season, he played for Providence. And in 35 games, he had five goals and seven assists.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, 12 points in 35 games, that's not horrendous, especially on a very solid Providence team. You know, Providence is always well coached. They're always, you know, a very solid team. So having somebody come from hockey's pedigree like that is always going to be good. If they're not in the hands of the opponent and they're in our hands, it's obviously going to be a benefit to us. Um, he projects as probably just another experienced guy, you know, like this is, this is going to be a pretty, pretty young team. Um, in general, I'd say more so on the blue line rather than in the forward core, but regardless, like just having another really solid body, um, he, he kind of seems like the type of guy that has a really high motor, you know, mm-hmm. he can definitely, he's going to definitely eat up a lot of minutes. He's going to be a guy to make, you know, pivotal forechecking and backchecking situations to just have that high work ethic and play with that edge that we like to see from everybody. So I think he's going to be a, a pretty solid, you know, a, a pretty solid addition. He's going to add grit and experience, which are two things that this team's going to need going forward. If, you know, like, not every team is going to thrive purely off of just having really, really solid, you know, skill. You got to be able to wear down your opponents because that's how we're going to get goals in the third period is when the other team's tired and we're still fresh as a daisy. You know what I mean? Like we're going to play way better. So. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And uh, Coach Carvel said, Matt is an experienced Hockey East player coming to UMass after four years at Providence. Matt is a high energy, high character player who will provide us with leadership on the ice and off. He's a hard kid to play against and fits our identity very well. So yeah, like you said, very experienced, four years of Providence. All right, so the next transfer to talk about is Elliot McDermott. He is a D-man from Kingston, Ontario. Last year, he was at Colgate, and in 40 games, he had two goals and 11 assists.
1: Yeah, Elliott McDermott, the number one thing here, experience. We need experience on the blue line. Like, I don't even, do we have a single senior defenseman on the team? Off the top of my head, I don't think we do. I think Bollinger is the oldest guy on the team and he's a junior. Yeah. Like you need to have older guys that are going to come in and teach the new guys how to train the right way, how to play the right way. You just, you know, this is gonna this is a ton of mentorship here. I really, you know, again, I don't know Elliot personally, but I'm going to judge Carvel's judge of character here. You know what I mean? I'm going to trust it and say this guy has to be another high-character kid that's going to really just lead these players on the right path by being a solid role model, and he's going to contribute on the ice too. 13 points in 40 games, that's no slouch for a defenseman. That's very solid numbers. So mm. I, I think he's going to project as somebody that's going to play super well for us. Um, he's going to have to just be that experienced mentor that just – we have so many freshman defensemen coming in, we're gonna have guys that are just now becoming sophomores, and they're most likely gonna be our most key contributors, like Ufko and Moro. That's probably gonna be our, our top two guys on the on the blue line. They're both gonna be sophomores. Like, bro, like we gotta we gotta sure it up a little bit with some experience. So, I think this is a very solid move for us. Um, I I it literally can't backfire. <laughs> like, I feel like it's just he's gonna be a super solid player for us. So, I'm very excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, and if anything, the depth and experience is key this year i think coach carvel agrees he says elliot is an experienced two-way defenseman who was a leader on the blue line at colgate the last two seasons elliot plays with an edge and fits our identity well he has good mobility and the ability to be an effective player at both ends of the rink all right and then the very last player the 12th and final newcomer to umass hockey is josh nodler he's a forward from oak park michigan previously played for michigan state so a local guy there in 36 games he had seven goals and eight assists
1: yeah my first thought and this is completely not hockey related he shares a very similar last name to one of my favorite umass professors uh mike nodler shout out to mike nodler if you're listening i think you do listen to this podcast so figured i'd give him a quick shout out big fan of the guy but um yeah on a more on a more serious note um the number one thing, and people are not gonna know this just by looking at the elite prospects page. I had to, I had to go pretty deep for this stat, so get ready for this. The man is a legend at face offs. Well, all right, maybe not legend. He's like a 55% win rate on face off. Super solid. Like mm. that, that, that right there is gonna be kind of semi comparable to Josh Lapina. Like if we always were gushing about Lapina on how he would win face offs, it's probably not as good as him, but it's above 50. <laughs> like, that's solid. You know what I mean? Like he's winning up more than he's losing and that's what we need. So I think, I think that's going to be a huge help to how we play our game. But I mean, seven goals and eight assists. That's, that's not a bad stat line. You know what I mean? I think he's going to be again, not a massive offensive contributor. I mean, we'll see where he fits into the lineup. Maybe he might have more playing time here than at Michigan. State. I mean, Michigan state's probably a, a lesser in comparison to us. I mean, just on the ice, you know what I mean? But I'm not sure how our team composition is going to be. Um, we'll kind of see how he slots in and that will kind of drastically affect his, his offensive production in my eyes. But at the bare minimum, very solid on face-offs and looks to be very solid on the defensive end. And those are two things that, again, are going to make us extremely tough to play against and they're going to allow us to impose our, you know, our offensive identity on other on other teams. So I think it's overall just a very solid pickup for us.
0: Absolutely, and there's a lot of promise there, too. He was a fifth-round draft pick in 2019, and the quote from Coach Carvel: Josh is a Calgary Flames draft pick and comes to UMass after three solid seasons at Michigan State. Josh has great offensive instincts and plays responsible two-way style. We expect him to be one of our top centers and an important part of our special teams and the leadership of our team. So a lot of high praise there from Coach Carvell. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the 12 new players. We think the biggest turnover since coach Carvel took over the team and the newcomers don't stop there. We have some staff changes as well that we also wanted to throw into this episode. First one being a big one, Jared DeMichael, um, the assistant coach being replaced by Tom Upton.
1: Yeah. D Mike leaving to me personally, kind of a, kind of a, kind of a surprise. I I thought if anything, he was going to get a head coach gig. Um, he ends up leaving for Michigan State. Oddly enough, is the same team that we just talked about for Josh Nodler. But um, yeah, I mean, he left for another assistant job. That's just, I don't know. It's a little weird to me. Again, I don't know everything about what's going on. Maybe other teams wanted him to try and succeed at a different program to think that he wasn't just under Carvel's wing and thriving because of him. I have no idea. I'm just speculating here. But enough about D-Mike. We want to say thank you. He obviously, big part of you know our recruiting and just the overall culture of this program. Can't say enough good things. Wish him the best in his future endeavors. He has been replaced by Tom Upton, who is uh, the head coach for the past two seasons of the Madison Capitals, which are a USHL team. Um, he was also the assistant coach for the USA U18 team at the Linka-Gretzky Cup. So he has a little bit of international tournament experience as well. Which I think is pretty neat. Um, but yeah, you know, he looks to be a pretty, pretty well-respected coach. Um, hoping that he can be a very good fit with our culture here at UMass. Um, Yeah. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, The next edition of the coaching staff, um, Matt Lindsay was also an assistant coach and he will be replaced by Nolan Kluchowski.
1: Yeah. So Nolan was actually the, uh, he was the volunteer assistant coach last season Um, was apparently extremely well respected by all the players. Everybody was loving him in the, in the locker room and just, overall throughout the court or throughout the entirety of the program. So he was promoted to, I don't know if the term be full-time assistant coach, but he basically, he's, he's, he's moved up to replace Matt Lindsay's now vacant position. Um, He was a former player under Carvel at St. Lawrence. Um, I want to say he was a captain under him. And uh, yeah, obviously there's a, there's a huge connection there between Carvel and Gluch. So um, clearly he was trusted enough just to get the volunteer position and has clearly done well enough to kind of keep that Carvel character and culture. I don't know. We're going to find some sort of, you know, the character compete. You know, we have a whole award for that in our, in our, other, uh, in our other episodes. But, um, yeah, no, he's just a very good guy from all accounts um, and is working his way up the coaching ladder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then to fill his empty position of a volunteer assistant, a familiar name to many that listen to this podcast, Jacob Pritchard.
1: Yeah, um, Pritch, if you've been been following this this program, at least, you know, for as long as Carvel's been here, you'll know the name Jacob Pritchard. He, back in the 2018-2019 season, he came over as a grad transfer from St. Lawrence. So another player that is, I believe, previously played under Carvel, at St. Lawrence, um, Carvel just tends to kind of recruit guys that he really likes their their character and just their overall personality and just makes amazing coaches and players and human beings out of them. It's unbelievable how he's able to kind of figure that out. But um, yeah, this guy needs no introduction. I think he was over a point per game when he played here that one season. I think he had like, I'm going off the top of my head here, like 41, 42 games played, like 48 points or something. Like he was he was an absolute powerhouse, especially on the power play. And now we're getting that same sort of character and compete and all that fun stuff back into the program. But now from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. so a lot of familiar names, especially to Carvel. There's guys that he clearly trusts and believes in. And he's just trying to surround himself with all that positive energy as much as humanly possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely right. And uh, all things considered, the, the players and the staff, this is a, a huge year of change for the program. Obviously endured so much success the last five six seasons, uh, and to see this much change is is a little daunting. Um, I think it's going to lay the groundwork for the years to come. A very important stepping stone of a season. Uh, not sure yet if what we want what we want to say about our our thoughts on how this season will go. We'll kind of save that for the season preview. But um, yeah, some big turnover. I don't know if you have what to say on it.
1: Yeah, the only thing I'll say is, and again, we're going to get into this in a future episode. We'll get our full opinions out there to the masses. But the one thing I will say, we've had a similar situation as before. When Carvel first came, there was a lot of guys that left the program. After that first season, he gets all of his guys in. And what do we do? We win a Natty a couple of years later. We're in a very similar situation now. Like we're transitioning from that class that was such a, game changing class. You know what I mean? Just that group of guys that was just completely changed the whole trajectory of the program. Now we're going to have a new class and this is going to be that group of guys. We're right back to where we were in that same cycle. You know, we have like like a four to five year kind of cycle that we do. And this, this is going to be the first step again. So we're following that trajectory. I'm just saying, what are we we looking at? 20, 2025 national championships? We'll, We'll see. Like, but yeah, uh, on, a, on a much more serious note, I mean, we, we, we're definitely, like you said, laying the groundwork. You know, we have a, a big crop of new, a new fresh blood coming in, and if they reach their potential, as we all believe that they will, and as, as Carvel will train them to, to get to, we're going to be having a lot of good times in the near future, and we're going to be celebrating a lot of wins, and we're going to be feeling very good as a program, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And for those of you who are new to UMass hockey this year, probably heard a lot about the program, Uh, a lot of pedigree the last few years uh, in and around the national tournament, national championship, played in the national championship. Uh, Them and Coach Carvel do things a lot differently than the other teams that are always in the conversation at the end of the year. Uh, A lot of teams like to pick high, high NHL draft picks, a lot of talent, a lot of one and done type players that'll be with the team for one year and then leave, which which can click, but Coach Carvel likes to do things differently. He likes to get guys that'll stick around for a while and really build a team and build a program. And that has easily proven to be the winning formula, at least for UMass, the last five or six seasons. So more of the same for sure. We're happy to see this route of, of guys who may not necessarily light up, light up the, the scoreboard might not uh, be those first round draft picks, but high character guys that he can kind of mold into the players that he wants them to be and just make them better, better players and better men on and off the ice.
1: Yeah. To totally rip off a page from, I think it was a 76ers playbook. If you guys are familiar with uh, NBA basketball at all, you got to trust the process. This is part of the process. Carvel has his own process for, for getting guys at the collegiate level, and develop them into the great players that they'll eventually become, this is just one part of it, mm-hmm. you know, where this is the beauty of college athletics, in my opinion, is that there's such high roster turnover that you, you just, you get to see a whole person's collegiate career play out before your very eyes and you get to be a part of every step of it. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. So I'm, I'm going to leave it on that note. Um, but I think it's just, it's, it's another exciting time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's ever, I can't think of a time in Carvel's tenure so far where I'm like, damn, it's been kind of a rough off season. Like, no, we're, we're always positive. We're always feeling really good because even if things don't look that sexy on paper, which I don't think has happened at any point, but I'm just saying if just knowing what has gone on during Carvel's tenure, I'm never worried. Mm-hmm. I will, I will always wait to see the results before I have negative energy because even if things do look weird and you know, you're not getting these crazy, you know, first round pick type of guys, who cares? We're going to turn them into first round talent over the course of a couple of years. That's just the way things go. If you, you know, if you look at a guy like Bobby Trevino and you're seeing the way he's playing now versus before when he was undrafted, it's night and day. And that's just the type of guys that we bring into the program. So, um, yeah, we're just, we're, we're looking really good. We're really good at developing guys and we're going to see how, how that plays out over the course of the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Trust the process. And this process actually works and is proven to work. So have Very faith true. Uh, that this will be yet another good UMass hockey season. We are so excited to be able to spend this entire season doing the podcast. I think it's going to be so awesome going from beginning to end this time. Uh, and from here on out, we are just going. We will have an episode at least once a week for you guys. That's our, That's our goal up until the season starts. And then we'll jump into the, the classic game recaps, previews, and then mix in some other episodes in there. We have some crazy cool things coming from, for you guys. We, uh, we announced that we're going to be doing the, um, the trip to Europe. We are going to Northern Ireland for the Friendship Four, which will be an awesome time. We already have that booked up. Um, yeah, we'll be at, obviously, most of the games at Mullins, a lot of the away games. We got some cool interviews coming up for you guys, some really, so just some really cool content. So uh, definitely stay tuned. Uh, it should be, it should be a really fun ride this year.
1: Super excited. I have been basically bugging Cameron for the past couple of weeks thinking, Hey man, when are we getting back started? I'm so ready. I'm so excited. Let's get this thing going. And we finally got this episode pushed out and super excited to see what the future has for the program, this podcast, and all of you wonderful people that are listening to this. So.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You made this whole year possible of us being able to do uh, all this content that we wanted to. So we couldn't thank you enough. Uh, Yeah. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed this episode and be on the lookout for more on our socials. Thank you guys. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Once again,
1: let's go.